We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram and threads at Trevor Lane NBA. It is game day. Lakers versus Hornets tonight. This is a big one. No, not that the Hornets are one of the best teams in the NBA. Far from it. But this is an important game for the Lakers. Three games remaining in 2023. They get the Hornets tonight and then... I'm back to back the first leg against the Minnesota Timberwolves on the 30th. And then on the 31st, New Year's Eve, second night of the back to back on the road against the New Orleans Pelicans. That's why it's important that the Lakers capitalize tonight on the opportunity they have against the Hornets. Got to pick up this win. I want to talk a little bit about this matchup, the latest trade news as well. Little hint to exactly what the Lakers are targeting on the market. We need to take a peek at the injury report as well. We did get a few interesting updates heading into tonight's game. Of course, before we get into all of that, if you haven't done so yet, over on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And don't forget to check out our membership program as well using that join button. All right, let's dive into things. First and foremost, Adrian Wojnarowski in his Threads chat weekly. He's doing a, a chat over on Threads with fans. And he said, when asked about what the Lakers are going to try to do on the trade market, he said the Lakers are going to prioritize speed and athleticism. Now, I thought that was very interesting, prioritizing speed and athleticism. You would think the Lakers would prioritize, I don't know, size and shooting, right? Those would be the two things. Another big, untrue center to put into the mix. Jackson Hayes, Christian Wood, Christian Wood out of the rotation right now. I don't agree with that. I think he should be playing over Jackson Hayes right now, particularly given the Lakers' defensive schemes that they've been running. Um, But the Lakers could certainly use another true big-bodied center to play there in the place of Anthony Davis. We've seen how bad things get when Anthony Davis is off the floor. And, well, we know, we know the Lakers need more shooting. They've struggled shooting the ball from three. And, of course, we talk all about that Lakers curse, the Lakers tax, whatever you want to call it. But, for whatever reason, they struggle to find guys who can consistently hit from behind the arc. I think it's caused some problems in their offense, and it's gotten to the point, I talked all about this yesterday, where the Lakers coaching staff appears to have just decided to punt on shooting in their starting lineup, Torian Prince being the only real, real shooter in the in the group. LeBron has been shooting the three ball well enough where I suppose he should be considered there as well. But Cam Reddish, Jared Vanderbilt, 
no one's defending them behind the three-point line, and that's going to create some spacing problems for the Lakers. So I do think that the shooting concern should be up there on the list of, of primary targets on the trade market. But Woj says, no, speed and athleticism. Those are the two things that the Lakers are prioritizing right now. Now, and that, that obviously sends a few names into your mind when you think speed and athleticism. Now, DeJounte Murray is one of the latest players to be linked to the Lakers. Yeah, he fits that bill. Zach Levine, yeah, I mean, ridiculous athlete. We've seen him at the dunk contest. Speed and athleticism, uh-huh, check. So it makes sense given the names the Lakers have been connected to. I don't know that that's exactly what the Lakers need. I think the skill sets that you need to prioritize, for me, it's another big, it's the outside shooting. Those are the two things that you really need to prioritize on this team. But it's not that speed and athleticism would not help this team. I think they certainly would, particularly when you've got LeBron James and Anthony Davis as your cornerstones, as your foundation pieces for this team. Both of these guys getting up there in years. Anthony Davis, now over 30. LeBron James, about to turn 39 years old. And when you add all of that up, in fact, I believe, I believe today is LeBron's birthday. Let me double check on that. He kind of on the fly here as I'm as I'm recording this. I'm actually recording this the night before. No, December 30th. So the Lakers will be playing the Wolves on LeBron's birthday. But in any event, he's about to turn 39 any day now. So when you've got those two guys who are both getting up there in years, having guys around them with speed, with athleticism, most likely what that also means is youth. Um, that, that makes sense. But again, I do think digging a little bit deeper, the Lakers could use another big. They could use some outside shooting. I think they could use a point of attack of defender at the guard position as well. That's another area of need for them. But that shooting, that's important. Somebody who can score the basketball as well. So you can still check some of those boxes while getting speed and athleticism, of course. But then if it continues to include, say, DeJounte Murray, Zach Levine, are there some other names out there on the market? Does that also eliminate some players? For example, when we think speed and athleticism, is that DeMar DeRozan? Not at this stage of his career. So does that lower him down potentially on the Lakers list? That's maybe something to consider. What about some of the bigs that are out there on the market? I don't think speed and athleticism when I think Andre Drummond or Kelly Olenek. And Andre Drummond just blew up for the Chicago Bulls the other night. Uh, Daniel Gafford. Is, is that somebody who fits the ball? Maybe he does. But I think if those two things are truly at the top of the Lakers list in terms of priorities, it does help us whittle things down a little bit. Now, remember, the trade deadline is not until February 8th. We're going to hear a lot of stuff between now and then. So by no means should you look at this and say, well, that's it. Anybody who's not super fast and athletic, they're gone. Take them off the list. No, this is just another piece to the puzzle. And it lets us start to zero in on what it is exactly that the Lakers front office is looking for. And does that really fit with our analysis of the team and what we think they should be looking for on the trade market? And of course, that's also neglecting what's really out there on the market. We can say the Lakers need to get another big, but if there's not another big out there on the market to acquire, well, then they're not going to be able to accomplish that goal. But nonetheless, this is another piece of the puzzle to add in with what we've heard already. We already know. The Lakers are going to have some interest in Zach Levine, that they are going to consider taking Zach Levine's contract off the Bulls' hands as them doing a favor for the Bulls. So again, to me, that suggests the Lakers view Zach Levine as a negative value 
on his contract. That will matter when it comes to trade negotiations. We know that the Lakers will be one of the teams that will have some interest in DeJounte Murray from the Atlanta Hawks. That's another piece to the puzzle. Them targeting speed and athleticism, those two things being a priority. More pieces to the puzzle. Austin Reeves being someone the Lakers are not interested in moving. Again, more pieces to the puzzle as we try to craft who it is the Lakers are targeting, what are they going to offer in order to get those things, and then which players check those specific boxes. That's part of what makes trade season so fun is all the endless possibilities and kind of putting together all of the all the clues and figuring out who exactly would really fit the bill of number one, what the Lakers need, and number two, what it is that they want. It's that intersection of those two things that we need to figure out and then what are they actually capable of going and getting. But again, speed and athleticism, Woj says those are the things right now the Lakers are prioritizing on the trade market. Oh boy, it's going to be fun to see how this all comes together. But one of the things that might complicate the trade market, it's Gabe Vincent, who did have surgery yesterday on his knee, arthroscopic surgery, the Lakers announced, and he will be out six to eight weeks. So that means past the trade deadline. Again, I, I talked about it on yesterday's show. I said, if Gabe Vincent suddenly gets Wolverine's healing powers, maybe he comes back right before the trade deadline. It, it's almost certain. I don't, I shouldn't have even put that out there because I don't want that in people's heads thinking that's a realistic possibility. I'm looking at after the all-star break, that's probably when we're going to start talking about Gabe, Gabe Vincent, maybe coming back. So could the Lakers still trade him? Cause I know that's what a lot of Lakers fans want, want to find out. Um, there's a lot of fans who have been putting him into trade proposals, right? Those, those uh, trade machines that we all fire up this time of year, putting Gabe Vincent into the mix there. Yeah, they can still trade him. You can trade an injured player, no problem. Um, the opposing team would just have to have to waive uh, his physical, but you could definitely trade him. What are you going to get for him, though? That's the challenge. A lot of teams don't want to trade for a player who's hurt. It's part of what's complicating Zach Levine's trade market. He's hurt. He's not playing games right now. So Woj, by the way, and this is sort of Lakers adjacent here, Woj called the trade market for Zach Levine barren, meaning no one is attempting to trade for Zach Levine right now. And again, his injury situation probably has something to do with that. However, the Lakers with Gabe Vincent, they could still use his $10.5 million in a trade. And it's actually a very, very useful amount of money to toss into a deal. But will teams give you much if he's not playing? Certainly not as much as if he was playing the whole season and he's putting up I don't know, 15 and four for the Lakers all season off the bench or something like that. Obviously, that would change his trade trade value considerably. Right now, the Lakers probably best case would just be able to trade him as a contract. Like nobody's trading for Gabe Vincent to get Gabe Vincent. And again, maybe that's the point where you say never again with Miami Heat guards. I don't know. That's that's where I've seen a lot of Lakers fans land. But if you're able to trade him right now, he's really just a contract and Frankly, because he's got two years left on his deal still, it's not at a very high dollar amount. But still, that may make putting him into a deal a little bit tricky. So not only is this unfortunate timing for the Lakers on the floor with Gabe Benson, but this is unfortunate timing for the Lakers off the floor as well when we talk about the trade market. Doesn't mean it's impossible. Doesn't mean you have to remove him from all of your trade proposals. Just don't expect the team to go after Gabe Benson. Don't expect the team to put a lot of value on acquiring Gabe Vincent, which is a big drop 
right? It was back in July when the Lakers landed Gabe Vincent that a lot of people around the league went, whoa, how did the, you know, the Lakers got a great deal for this guy that was fantastic for the Heat in the playoffs. And now here we are where probably best case, the team just looks at him as a movable contract and not giving you much credit for what he can do on the floor because, well, we haven't seen what he can do on the floor since the playoffs last year. He's played in five games this year, essentially been non-existent for this Lakers team. All right, speaking of injuries, though, let's get to the Lakers injury report heading into tonight's game against the Charlotte Hornets. So the status report, Jared Vanderbilt left heel bursitis, probable. So he's a go for this game. By the way, Jared Vanderbilt has talked a little bit about how the Lakers, their new starting lineup, and I have criticized this starting lineup, Jared Vanderbilt, Cam Reddish together, the floor spacing problems that you've got with that. Torian Prince, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, who needs guards? Maybe Darvin Ham just loves irony. The fact that he was the coach criticized for playing too many guards last year. Now he's saying, well, you don't want me to play too many guards. How about I play no guards? In my mind, it's an overcorrection. I talked all about it on yesterday's show, though. If you want more info on that, go check out yesterday's show, whether you're on the YouTube channel or the podcast side of things. But the Lakers did get to practice because they had two days in a row off. I think a lot of people don't realize how rarely NBA teams practice once the season starts. Essentially, I know if there is one day off between games, so if there's a game Monday, there's a game Wednesday, I know Monday night after the game, I'm going to get a message from the Lakers saying no practice tomorrow. So Tuesday, no practice. If it's Tuesday and Wednesday and the next game's Thursday, then they'll squeeze into practice. So because the Lakers got two days off in a row, they are going to have a practice here. By the way, no practice doesn't mean they don't do film work and things like that, but the Lakers were able to get a practice in, which hopefully gets their defense on the same page. I think what we've seen so far, and again, I don't like this plan for this starting lineup, but I think what we've seen so far is that the defense has not lived up to its potential. It's not been even equal to the sum of their parts. I think you've got some really good defensive players in Vando, in Cam Reddish, LeBron, AD, Torian, like the, the defensive potential of that unit is high. But what's happened is because these guys haven't played a lot together, defense, all, all five guys have to be pulling in the same direction. They all have to be united and, and acting and responding together. And when you're not, the best teams in the NBA will recognize that and they will make you pay for it. So by getting into practice, I think that will help this Lakers starting five maximize the defensive upside that they've got. I still have plenty of offensive because I think I think if we saw this unit play for 20 games, they're going to be just fine on defense. They're going to be, in fact, pretty good. But on offense, there's going to be problems. I think that's that's what this unit is going to be, ultimately, over a long enough span. Right now, they're just awful in both areas. I don't think the awful defense is real. I think that will come around. And I am hoping to see some improvements there uh, tonight against the Hornets after the Lakers were able to get in a practice and kind of iron out some things. So definitely something that I'm going to keep an eye on. Uh, but again, all of that all of that comes with being able to actually get into practice. All right. Anthony Davis, questionable, left ankle sprain, bone bruise. Um, LeBron James, left knee contusion. Cam Reddish, left groin soreness, questionable. So far, and Gabe Vincent out, but we knew that. So far, more often than not, when guys are listed as questionable for the Lakers, they played like LeBron and AD are essentially, we know they're going to be questionable every single game. 
Um, so, and then they'll get upgraded later on in the day. So that's what I'm expecting to happen here. It is noteworthy, however, that LeBron, it's not the calf thing anymore. Now it's left knee contusion. He had that run in with Jalen Brown on Christmas Day. That may be something to keep an eye on. The fact that the injury has changed to something else, that you know, makes my ears perk up a little bit, a little bit more. So AD, I'm, I'm pretty confident it's going to play. LeBron is one where because it's a different injury than what he's been on the injury report for, I think it puts it a little bit more in question that he plays. I still think most likely he plays in the game against against the Hornets tonight, but it makes it a little bit more something worth watching. Let's put it that way. And then Cam Reddish left groin soreness. Again, I, I expect him to play. He's been battling a groin issue for a good chunk of the season, but still listed as questionable. And you just never know. I mean, the groin, I mean, it's like the groin, the hamstring, right? All these can be tricky. And so you got to be careful. So if Cam happens to just not be feeling good uh, before game time, maybe that questionable switches to doubtful or, or out. But my, if I had to put money on this or something, I'd say all three guys play. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Cam Reddish, they all play. But they're all listed as questionable currently on the status report. All right. Let's talk a little bit about tonight's game, Lakers-Hornets. I want to break down this matchup. Before I get to it, though, quick shout-out to our sponsor, and that is Dewar. I'd like to talk to you guys for a moment about Dewar jeans. Now, I'm the kind of guy that prioritizes comfort over style. In fact, let's be real. It's usually comfort at the expense of style, much to the dismay of my wife. But with Dewar, I don't have to make that choice. I actually get both comfort and style. I hadn't tried Dewar jeans before, but they sent me a pair, put them on, and went, whoa, these are the most comfortable jeans that I've ever owned. They're so flexible, so soft. They feel great to wear. And I showed them to my wife. She said, wow, those look absolutely fantastic. So check both those boxes. They've got the comfort for me and the style that makes my wife not be embarrassed to be seen in public with me. So doer jeans, absolutely phenomenal stuff. Literally, these are my everyday jeans now. And the great thing is because they are sustainably crafted, it means that they're going to last a long, long time. So they get to be a staple in my closet for years to come. They have temperature regulating fabrics for all day and all weather comfort. I love my doer jeans and you will too. They'll make a great holiday gift for you and those on your list. And if you're a Lakers fan that is in LA, Dewar's flagship store is located on Larchmont Boulevard in central LA. I highly encourage you to go try them on for yourself and see just how comfortable they are. If you're not in LA, you can still shop online at shopdewer.com slash Lakers Nation. You can right now get 15% off site-wide when you use that URL, shopduer.com slash Lakers Nation. You want to take advantage of that because Dewar never goes on sale. 15% off. Go now, shopdoer.com slash Lakers Nation. Check them out. You guys will not regret it. All right, Lakers versus Hornets tonight. Hopefully, you guys come join us over at playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. You can watch the game directly with us, hang out with us during the game. Going to be a lot of fun. I view this as a must-win game, and the Lakers are the heavy favorite here. By the way, this is a 7.30 Pacific time tip. The Lakers are a heavy favorite right now to win this game, and they should be because the Hornets are a bad basketball team. That 
I mean, I, I don't think even Hornets fans would contend with that. They are seven and twenty-one on the season, three and ten on the road. They can give you a run. They gave the Clippers a run the other night, and then the Clippers turned it on in the fourth quarter and uh, and blew them away. But the Hornets are a team that can be pretty scrappy. However, they're not going to be 100%. Yes, most people know by now, LaMelo Ball is out, still dealing with that, that ankle issue. Uh, Brandon Miller is questionable for this game against the Lakers. Mark Williams is doubtful, which means Nick Richards, who is the center that Sean Davis has been talking about as a guy the Lakers should target, he's probably going to get the start for the Hornets. But that's their, their backup, getting in there into their starting lineup. Uh, and then you've got Gordon Hayward is another guy who actually played against the Clippers, but he suffered a left calf strain. So he's going to be out as well. So this is um, by no means a healthy Hornets side. So not only are they not a good basketball team, they're also not a healthy basketball team. Now they still have other guys that can certainly hurt you. Uh, PJ Washington probably gets a lot more minutes with uh, Gordon Hayward out. That's somebody that can really make a difference for you out there on the floor. Miles Bridges, of course, can light it up. He's another name that's out there on the trade market that could get interesting ahead of the trade deadline. And then Terry Rozier can light it up. Didn't shoot great against the Clippers. He's undersized, but he can fill it up as well. So they've got players that are still dangerous that you have to be aware of. But all of this winds up getting us back to the point where you guys have heard me say it before. The Lakers, teams in their position, you have to win the games that you're supposed to. And that's why the loss to the Spurs was such a problem for the Lakers. Um, the loss to the Bulls. Win the games you're supposed to win. That's the key to getting to where you want to go in terms of your playoff seating. Yes, it would be great to beat the Bostons, the the Oklahoma Cities, Minnesotas, all the, all the top-tier teams, to beat all of these teams. That would be great. right? That would be proof, hey, we're better than everybody. right? But... That's just not reality. That's not reality. In fact, not only I think are some teams clearly playing above the level the Lakers are playing at right now, and I think that's a fair assessment, but you also know that on any given night, anybody can get beat. And if you're playing your very best basketball, you're putting all your focus, your attention to detail into one game, if it's against one of the top-tier teams, you might still lose. You could play great and still lose against the top-tier teams. But guess what? Against the Charlotte Hornets, if you play your best basketball – you're going to be just fine. You're going to get the win. That's the way it is with the bottom tier teams. It's the one way that you can all but guarantee a victory, right? If the Lakers come out, they're focused. They're putting forth the requisite effort. They're doing everything they need to do to win the basketball game. 19 times out of 20, they're going to win when you're playing the Hornets um, to an even further degree when you're playing the Pistons. Should be when you're playing the Spurs and yet the Lakers found a way to lose to them. Rested some players for that one. Assuming AD, LeBron are playing in this game, this should be a win for the Lakers. And given the context of their schedule, it makes it all the more important that it is. The Lakers have one of the most difficult schedules in the NBA this season. We've already seen it. And folks, it's not getting any easier. Well, it'll get a little easier in January. It's a more of a home-heavy schedule in January. But the way the schedule closes out, if you thought December was rough, go take a peek at March and look at the gauntlet the Lakers have to run to get through March. Sometime in March, we're going to look back on the schedule. The Lakers will be on a slide. They'll have played a bunch of really good teams in a row. They drop a few games, and we're going to be looking back and saying, man, 
If only they could have that game against the Spurs back, have that win on their record to kind of buffer things. And we're looking at the way the standings are playing out. That's going to happen. So you have to take advantage by stacking as many wins, bank as many wins as you can right now against the Hornets of the world because there's going to be rainy days ahead where you're going to need those wins sitting on your record so they don't put you under too much duress to go beat a really, really good team to get to where you want to go. We saw it with the Lakers last season. They had to go on a crazy run from the all-star break when they made all those trades on, right? The trade deadline on. They had to hold down that turbo button, and guess what happened? They got to the Western Conference Finals, which was a great run, and then they ran out of gas. Now, they also ran into a better team. I'm not saying they would have beat the Nuggets if they were they didn't have to push so hard to get to the postseason, but I think it was a factor. I think we saw a Lakers team that after game one against the Nuggets just didn't have much left in the tank at that point. And that's what you don't want to have happen this year. You don't want to have the team make some moves to the trade deadline, which, by the way, I think they're going to do. I think we've seen enough reason for the Lakers to make some moves here and enough concern on the part of the players that it's going to happen. Now, some of the concern, and actually a decent amount of it, comes from the coaching staff. So trades may not help there. But nonetheless, I think we're going to see some activity from this team. So what you don't want is you make some moves, you make a move, maybe two, whatever it is, at the trade deadline. And you're looking at the West standings, which are brutal. And we've talked about it since July, how difficult the West standings were going to be. And you've got to empty the gas tank just to make it into the postseason. Suddenly Memphis is surging. Few other teams make a push up, and you've got to really push down on that on that gas pedal to get there. That's what you don't want. That's where you're looking back and regretting dropping the games right now to teams you should beat, and that includes tonight's matchup with the Hornets. Now, Anthony Davis should be a dominant force against this Hornets team. They are bad when it comes to defensive rating. They're bad when it comes to offensive rating. They can get hot sometimes, but. Anthony Davis should be dominant in the middle. And this is a game where if the Lakers starting lineup is going to work, this is a team it should work against. This is a team where if the Lakers defense with their new look starting five is going to shine, it should be able to shine against this team, right? You look at Miles Bridges. He's a scorer, but the Lakers have the wings to deal with him. So, hey, Cam Reddish, Jared Vanderbilt, probably going to be Jared Vanderbilt. Go defend Miles Bridges. All right, Cam, you've got Terry Rogier. Go check him, right? That's what we're going to see happen here. And again, you've got big, long, lanky defenders that at the very least should make the night tough on Bridges, should make the night tough on Rogier. If the Hornets offense has success against the Lakers starting five, crumple it up and throw it away. Because if you can't get stops against the Hornets, you're not getting stops against anybody. And again, it sounds like I'm just ripping the Hornets to shreds here, and I feel bad. So I apologize if there's any Hornets. I doubt there's Hornets fans watching this but or listening to this, but if there are, apologize. But it's it's the reality of the situation right now. They're bottom five in offensive rating, bottom five in defensive rating. If you're not getting stops against the Hornets, then this whole goal of we're going to take this starting group, we're going to lean into defense, what are diminishing returns? No, nope, we're going to ignore that. Let's go all defense, forget shooting, punt shooting, 
if there's any chance that this is going to work, it's going to happen tonight. If it does not work tonight, that is a bad, bad sign and should be reason to just jettison this lineup into the sun, which I still think probably will ultimately happen. But nonetheless, if you see the starting five struggle defensively to get stops against this team, that, that that's awful. That, that is very bad news. So again, I do expect though, the starting five to be able to find success defensively to get out, to run in transition, get stops, force turnovers, all of that against this Hornets team. Once again, the way you lose this game, it's by not focusing. You know, we can talk about all the X's and O's. We can talk about the Lakers playing drop coverage, which is maddening. Sean Davis has been ranting about that. Um, and and it, I agree, it doesn't make a lot of sense, the, the defense they've been playing. But they can get super switchy with the new starting five. And this is a team that you should beat fairly handily. The way you lose this game is by not showing up by not paying attention to detail, by not putting forth the requisite minimum effort in order to compete at the NBA level, that's how you go and you drop a game like this one tonight. So if you see a lethargic Lakers team, well, that's concerning. I'm not the only one who can look at the schedule ahead. Certainly the Lakers can too. They should be able to see, hey, we've got a really tough back-to-back up ahead. We got to make sure we get this one. We got to bank this win. Because after this, we go out on the road, and that's not going to be easy. Those are going to be some tough games. We're going to battle. We're going to do everything we can to win those games. But let's make sure we get this one, especially coming off that loss on Christmas Day. That's the attitude I want to see. That's the mindset I want to see from this Lakers club tonight. Get out there. Take care of business. Show the Hornets who the better team is. I don't think there's any question here. And be businesslike. Take care of it. Get the job done, move on, go out on the road, get ready for Minnesota. That's what the Lakers need to do in this one tonight. The way you get yourself in trouble, again, it's by not being prepared mentally, by being focused too much on packing for the road trip, by being focused too much on, well, this team's not that good, so we can look ahead to other stuff. They need to lock in and focus on the Hornets and get the job done. Lakers Nation, A little bit of a shorter show than usual today, but that's okay. Give me your thoughts in the comment section over on the YouTube channel. What are you expecting to see tonight against the Hornets? And what are your thoughts on the Lakers targeting specifically speed and athleticism on the market? Who comes to mind when you hear those things? Who does not come to mind? Who do you think perhaps that moves down in the Lakers targets? Give me your thoughts in the comment section. Again, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Come join us over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation during the game. And of course, of course, subscribe over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.